In Singapore, murder is one of the few crimes that warrants the mandatory death penalty, and this uncompromising stance extends beyond murder, encompassing other crimes such as drug trafficking and firearms-related offences. Although Singapore is widely regarded as one of the safest nations in the world, despite its stringent measures against criminals and firm stance on capital punishment, every now and then, one hears about a horrifically violent act of crime. On May the 11th, 1974, the Singapore police received an anonymous call. The caller's words sent shockwaves through the entire police station, freezing every officer in their tracks. A passerby had stumbled upon a pair of dismembered legs, cruelly severed at the knees, within a public restroom located near a mosque in Aljunit Road. Within no time at all, the police were summoned to the scene, as well as a pathologist, who swiftly confirmed that the legs unmistakably belonging to a woman had been viciously removed only hours prior to the discovery. This left the police completely baffled, but they recognised the urgency of solving this case, particularly considering the sheer amount of media attention that it would attract. Then they grappled with a grisly realisation. Just two days earlier, they had received a missing persons report. A 53-year-old woman by the name of Kwek Li Eng had set out from her residence at around 8.30 in the morning. Her intention, as she said to her sons, was to visit her sister-in-law. Yet, as dusk descended and the hours grew long, there was no sign of her return to her home in Senate Estate. Anxiety gnawed at her family as their search proved futile, prompting them to escalate their concern by filing a report at Payaleba Police Station. As the missing persons case collided with the discovery of severed legs, the police began piecing together a macabre link between the limbs and the vanished woman. Their pursuit led them to the suspected culprit's doorstep. Yet, as they approached, an overwhelming stench choked the air, threatening to reveal a darkness far more sinister than they had anticipated. This unexpected turn hinted at a depth of horror lurking within. You're listening to Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast. Brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by 1UP Media. This episode may contain sensitive details and graphic imagery. Listener discretion is advised. On the morning of May 9th, 1974, the house of 44-year-old Sim Ju Kiao was quiet and warm. Most of her six children had not yet woken up, so this was the perfect opportunity for her to leave the house uninterrupted. But as the sun began to filter through the curtains, Sim appeared in the midst of a flurry. She stood near the doorway, her hand rummaging through her bag, seemingly searching for something. At the same time, her daughter Kwek Pekia descended the stairs cautiously, noticing her mother's anxious demeanor. With a tone of concern, Kwek asked about her mother's sudden departure, curious as to where she was heading. 
I'm just going out for a while. I'll be back soon. Several hours elapsed before Sim returned, and when she did, her face was marked by evident signs of distress upon entering the house. As she noticed her daughter Quack approaching, an unexpected surge of anxiety coursed through Sim. So, where did you go, Mom? You've been out all morning. You haven't said a word. Sim had anticipated her daughter's question and was now scrambling to conjure a believable response on the spot. I, w- I was just... just... Le- let me tell you. Something really strange happened today. You remember Madam Quack? I was supposed to meet her at the bus stop to sort out some money matters just now. But things got really bizarre. A car had pulled up in front of us and there were two people inside. Madam Quack wanted me to get in with her, but of course I declined. Sim's daughter Quack wouldn't know then, but her mother was hiding a horrific secret. Fifty-three-year-old Madam Quack Lee Eng was the wife of a wealthy local textile merchant. Her husband was a respected figure in the textile trade who held a prominent standing within the industry. But he was also part of a tontine scheme, which was and still is illegal in many parts of the world. The roots of a tontine scheme trace back to the 17th century. It's a hybrid of a group annuity and a lottery system. How it works is that it requires each participant to contribute a specified amount of money into a collective investment pool from which annual dividends are distributed. The scheme operates on a morbid principle. As participants pass away, their shares are reallocated among the remaining members, augmenting the annual payouts for survivors. It only ends when the last member draws their final breath, and in some cases, the entire fund is given to the last survivor. However, the allure of potential wealth has also led to the darker side of tontine schemes. The competitive nature to outlive others for a greater share has historically sparked disputes, deception, and even tragic crimes among members vying for increased payouts. After all, smaller tontine groups where everyone knows each other very well makes the perfect setup for a murder mystery to occur. Why? That's because it creates a situation similar to being in a small group with close friends. Everyone trusts each other a lot, and therefore it becomes tricky to find a culprit if something goes wrong. Given Madam Quack's husband's involvement in the scheme, it's no surprise that she would also be a member herself. After all, these schemes often involve close family ties, and it's common for spouses to participate in such arrangements together. According to the records, both Sim and Madam Quack shared a good relationship. Sim was involved in Madam Quack's taunting group, likely earning well from regular investments. But everything changed on the fateful morning of May 9th, 1974. Reports state that when Madam Quack departed from her home, nothing appeared out of the ordinary. It was just another routine day. She had mentioned to her sons that she was going to visit her sister-in-law before stepping out of her door around 8.30 in the morning. However, as the hours ticked by and dusk descended without her return, concern gradually ripened into worry within the Quack household. 
Worried that something terrible might have befallen Madame Quack, her family swiftly took action, making their way down to the Pai Laba police station to seek assistance. They encountered an initial hurdle, as standard protocol dictated a 24-hour waiting period before filing a missing persons report. But despite this regulation, the authorities at the police station, perhaps moved by the urgency etched across the family's faces, or considering the Quack family's high profile, decided to accept the report and list her down as a missing person. They acknowledged that there was a possible threat looming over Madame Quack's disappearance. But what they didn't know was that she was already dead. On May 11, 1974, a disturbing discovery jolted the authorities. A pair of legs, cruelly severed at the knees, was discovered within the confines of a public restroom that was near a mosque in Aljunit Road. Forensic pathologists then confirmed that the legs belonged to those of a woman, which led the police to establish a chilling link between this disturbing discovery and the missing persons report filed for Madame Quack two days ago. While the details about the crime are vague, the unfolding events suggest a grim narrative. The police first had to deliver the devastating news to the Quack family, before bringing each of them into the station for questioning. Within the confines of that chilling room, the statements of her family members pointed to an alarming detail. Madame Quack's last known whereabouts traced back to her sister-in-law's residence, Sim Ju Kiao, a name that once resonated with family and trust, now cast a foreboding shadow in a sinister turn of events. As news of the severed legs sent tremors through Singapore, Sim immediately made a call to her husband, Kwek Huang Piao. While the exact words she said remain a mystery, the tone in her voice over the phone must have been laced with desperation and fear. When the conversation ended, her husband Quek was reported to have rushed home in a frenzy. The weight of the situation hung heavily as he stepped into the house. His senses were assaulted by the air thick with the stench of decay. What he saw made his heart pound with unease and a sense of impending dread. In his statement to the authorities, Kwek Huang Piao vividly described the haunting scene. On the ground floor of their home, where they had a massive earthen jar, blood was seen slowly trickling down its sides. Nearby, a swarm of flies swirled in a dance, while an unmistakable pungent odour lingered in the air. Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast, is brought to you by MediaCorp and 1UP Media. This episode was produced and written by Guangjin, edited by Alex, narrated by Jason, audio experience by Ethan Sam, additional engineering by Ashley from 1UP Media. Special thanks to executive producer Danny Cordy from MediaCorp. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next one.